Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tell Me Yours, a storytelling podcast with me, your host, Trey Everett. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tell Me Yours, a storytelling podcast with me, your host, Trey Everett. So excited for my guest today. She is a teacher. She is a singer-songwriter. But most importantly, she is one of the most incredible contemporary jazz artists you will ever listen to. Katie George is on the pod today. She's here with a wonderful story about how she was discovered. And we have a great chat about what's in store for her. Without further ado, please welcome Katie George. live 100% I think that's a that's a really big reason as to why I love the music so much um because it's always changing but I mean it's just the nature of the genre I mean if I if I were to go see I don't know any like if I were to go see the Rolling Stones or something and they didn't play like sympathy for the devil exactly how I know (laughs) it I would be kind of mad exactly yeah (laughs) I I think jazz musicians are some of the most talented musicians that exist in the universe and just to watch them create something so organically in the moment and like the point where I would go like three or four nights a week to this club and like I was underage but they knew me so they let me in I just couldn't drink and so I would just like sit and just watch this music and I was like man this is like so amazing to be able just to watch these people create art in real time in such an intense way because it's like not simple you know what i mean Um, yes absolutely i would assume that jazz is something that you always were sort of drawn to in terms of like listening to it but when did you start actually like picking up and being like hey i think i can i want to do this i want to perform this like i want this to be my preference and like art that i create well actually i didn't i i didn't really get into jazz until much later until i I was 17 i love it um and it's kind of a, a funny story actually uh but I started seeing a drummer. He's a jazz drummer. And so on one of our first dates, he took me to, well, I took him to my favorite record shop. And usually I would be looking at the Motown or like the soul stuff. And so I was like, oh, this is a really good Otis Redding album. You should get this one. Oh, here's the Shirelles. This one's really good. And he's like, oh, well, here's uh, Birth of the Cool by Miles Davis. You should buy this one. And I was like, it's like like $40. (laughs) I was like, well, I want to impress him. 
So I bought the record and I went home and I spun it on my turntable and I hated it so much. Oh my God. I'm like, this is instrumental. There's no vocalist here. Are you kidding me? What's going on? Of course, now that record is absolutely yeah, one of my absolutely. favorites. It's like, it's That's iconic. so good. It took me a while to really get into it, but I kept listening to it. And then I, I started listening to more like singers and that's, I, I listened to a whole bunch of jazz singers like Ella Fitzgerald and Carmen McRae, Sarah Vaughn, Mel Torme, Anita O'Day, June Christie, Betty Carter. And from them, I got more into the instrumental side because there would be instrumental solos and whatnot. And now yeah. I, I listen, I think I listen to more instrumental solos than I do or instrumental jazz than I do vocal mm -hmm. jazz. The drummer and I have been together actually six and a half years today, <laughs> which Congrats. is funny. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I've been, I've been interested in jazz for six and a half years and I've sort of been performing it for about six-ish years. I started, That's as so soon incredible. as I started seeing him, I started learning a bunch of different standards. I bought myself a real book. I'm learning A to B, <laughs> A I to Z, it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are going to tell me a story. Yes, I would love to tell the story about how I got signed to my record label because um, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts that happened with this. Perfect. And um, tell um, me I'm... everything. <laughs> yes. OK, so I think there's there's a couple things to know before I really get into the gist of the story. But okay. um, I have a transcription tra account on Instagram and okay. On this account, I post transcription videos of me singing instrumental jazz solos. I usually can transcribe a solo in about an hour and a half, and what I mean by that is I'll just listen to it over and over, and I write everything down on manuscript paper with a pencil, and then I learn the solo as I go, and, you know, I'll write down a line that I hear, I'll, I'll listen to it, I'll sing it back, I'll write it down, I go back to the beginning, I'll listen to what I have, I sing the next part, write it down, go back to the beginning, and I do that until the entire solo is complete. Oh my gosh, I love it. So that account is very important, a very important part of the story. And I also have to mention that in January of last year, I released my first uh, album by myself independently. Cool. And I am very passionate about sort of marketing music mm -hmm. and making sure that it's getting to the right places. And, you know, I, I released it by myself. It was a lot of work, but I made sure to do lots of singles because, of course, that's the way that yeah, the world yeah, is yeah. working right now. Yeah, for sure. And I was lucky that... Um, every single that I pitched got added to Spotify editorial playlists. Oh, so wow, that's incredible. Thank you. Yes. And it w gave me this huge platform and, you know, my monthly listeners were up, my streams were up and I had some validity from that. Yeah. So, um, back to the, uh, back to the, the transcription account. Did you start the transcription account just for fun or how did, what, how did you end up creating that? Oh, that's a good question too. So, um, there's so many little stories that can go off I love with it. these. I love it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I started the transcription account in May of 2018. Okay. The account is called Lift a Day. And okay. initially I had gone into, I had started music college in September, 2016, and I had never transcribed anything before. And I, I have good ears. I'm very blessed to have good ears. And because of these ears, I was put into a second year ear training course. I surpassed the first year course, which seems like a really cool thing, except for the fact that I had absolutely no jazz theory knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> So everything that was talked about in this ear training course, I had no idea what it meant. I didn't know what a 2-5 was. I had no idea what any sort of progressions were. I thought, no, it can't be that simple. It can't. I know that it's like I can hear the root going D, G, C. I know that that's the 2-5-1, but like I don't know what the qualities of those chords are. Like is it can't just be like a 2 minor 5 dominant 1 major. That seems too easy. You know, it was... <laughs> And I kept psyching yeah, myself out. It was so horrible. Too easy. Yeah. Exactly. And I, but I had absolutely no idea. Like to put it into perspective, when I went to college, I thought that a rhythm changes was uh, something like Green Dolphin Street, 
where the rhythm changes from swing to Latin, uh -huh. depending on what part of the song you're at. A rhythm changes is actually just, you know, like it's like the uh, I got rhythm. Yeah. Like the I got rhythm. It's just the, the harmony from that song. But I had confidently went up to one of my friends after they played Green Dolphin Street and said, yeah, I love that rhythm changes. Green Dolphin Street is one of my favorites. And the friend was like, what the hell are you talking about? And then, so that's that's where I was at when I got into this class. I love um, And we had to do four transcriptions throughout the year. And I'd never transcribed anything before. And the first one that I did was uh, Chet Baker's Ladybird cool. transcription. And it's a really great solo, very melodic. And it was a good one to get me accustomed to it. And... I was so nervous because you had to perform it a cappella, memorized in front of the entire class, which I oh think is just gosh. evil. Because yeah. I mean, it's just like a bunch of like 18, 19 year olds in front of each other. Yeah. And they're not, I was the only singer in the class. So at least I could sing, oh but a lot of the gosh. other people couldn't even sing. And I felt so bad for them. But uh, this this whole transcription thing, I, I didn't know what was going on, to mm. be honest. And I was not the best at rhythm quite yet so what I did was okay I'm like the rhythm is the hardest part for me so I'm just gonna write down all of the rhythms without the notes beforehand so I filled up my manuscript paper with a bunch of just like like the the B just a B uh -huh. and like eighth notes and half notes and quarter notes all on the the B just the middle of the treble staff and then after I had gotten all the rhythms and I got my boyfriend to check it over for me to make I sure it, it was right I added the note names I didn't put it in the staff I I wrote like c d e like oh, wow. above the yeah. staff and then from there i had to input it into notation software and i had to really understand i'm like okay well is this the c the octave up or the octave down because it oh, could go either gosh. way and yeah. it was so time consuming now and it took me days now it takes me an hour and a half um That's but crazy yeah so that was my beginning sort of thing with transcription but i noticed a lot of my friends um that was my first year and then I didn't do anything in my second year because I'd already taken the second year course. So mm -hmm. I was done with I was done with your training as far as I was concerned. But I noticed a bunch of my friends who were instrumentalists were transcribing a lot and they all sounded amazing. And they all had conversations about, oh, I love listening to Dexter Gordon. Oh, well, have you checked out this Charlie Parker solo? Oh, well, what about this Hank Mobley record? Like, And I thought, well, that seems really cool. And I don't really know what's going on, but I want to be a part of it. So mm -hmm. after my uh, my second year was done, I decided to challenge myself by doing a lift a day for the month of May, which is where the name of the account comes from, lift a day. And I did a transcription every single day for the month of May. And I would just go to school in the afternoon, put myself in a practice mode, and I wouldn't come out until the transcription was finished. And I, I realized like, you know, the more I did this, the better my ears got, the better I got at improvising mm -hmm. and the faster I got at transcribing. And so then I, I just started it as a private account on Instagram. But then it started taking off like with using hashtags and stuff. And then I started transcribing people that were alive who would repost my things. And oh, it smart. grew exponentially. And so, um, yeah, I, I started the account for me as a means of practicing and holding myself accountable. Now, like when I have time, I haven't had time in so long to transcribe anything. I'm hoping mm. over the holidays I can do a few. But now I, I do it. I do it just for fun when I have time. I but um. The account is really important and the use of hashtags and the discover yeah, yeah. page on Instagram is <laughs> yeah, also yeah, yeah. incredibly important. <laughs> so um, there was this person who saw my transcription videos. Um, his name is uh, Morton Block okay. and he, he saw one of my transcription videos of a trumpet player and sent it to his grandsons, Matt and Jacob Block, who own La Reserve Records in Brooklyn, New York. And um, 
they he showed them my videos and they thought that I think they thought it was probably pretty cool but didn't really think much of it until I transcribed a La Reserve artist named Benny Benak the third and Benny is a fantastic trumpet player and vocalist and composer and just overall like a really great person and I transcribed one of his things and he reposted it onto his account and he was signed to La Reserve at the time and from there La Reserve started following me on Instagram and they noticed this was all around the same time that I was self-releasing my album and mm -hmm. I posted oh thank you so much to Spotify for adding me onto this playlist and this yep. playlist and oh I'm so happy to announce that this song just hit a hundred thousand streams um thank you blah 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 for this press this press and I was doing like you know the radio like sending it out through like to different hosts that I knew and mm -hmm. trying to get as much buzz around this record as I possibly could and you know I I had it all professionally mixed and mastered from my time in college because in our fourth year, we were able to do a recording project as our awesome. sort of capstone project. And so I being, I was lucky that I did jazz. So I did most stuff off the floor. So I did three projects out of my time in the studio. And this, uh, the record that I released in January was the first of that. And so La Reserve started following me. I started following them back. I didn't really think anything of it. And at mm. this point I was anti-label. I was like, you know what? I'm doing all of this by yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting so much good stuff <laughs> happening on Spotify. Who needs a record label? I love it. <laughs> so then after, uh, I think after they realized how well my one release went, or for me, at least on Spotify, I can't really speak to them. And if they're listening, I'm sorry if I'm butchering this. <laughs> um, but after, after I released that, I got this email saying, hey, Katie, uh, this is uh, like La Reserve Records here, and we're really interested in knowing what you have in store. So, uh, would you? We'd love to. We'd love to chat with you. And I was like, hmm, okay. Well, I guess like a meeting can't hurt. Yeah. So I had a meeting with them, and they're like, oh yeah. Well, what do you do? You have any projects in store? And I said, yeah. Well, I've got this. I've got this five song EP of all original music that I that I arranged for a ten piece band that I have recorded, and it's all mixed and it's all mastered, and I have all the art, and it's all oh ready to my go. God. And of course, like everything just sort of happened to line up absolutely perfectly. Like the transcriptions, their grandfather seeing yeah. the transcriptions as I was, as I was releasing my album, Benny reposting my transcription as I was releasing my album. And then I was just sitting on an entirely ready to go project that I had no idea when I was going to release. So oh my gosh, we I had a chat. That. It's it's uncanny. It's I think wild. about this all the time, how just absolutely perfect it was that this happened. And so I said, yeah, this is what I have. I'd love to send it over. You can let me know what you think. It's just an EP, but I'm really proud of it. And I think it's a really well done project. And so we chatted. They liked the project. And uh, and and I, I signed the contract uh, in in December, I think, of last year. I think I, can, I honestly can't even remember That's amazing. <laughs> when I signed it, but it was it was amazing. And, you know, I, I've been sort of pen pals with their grandfather, actually, oh, Mort, and um, he sent me notes and I've sent him notes as well. I sent him a copy of the album and I said, thank you so much for showing Matt and Jake my music, because without you, I don't think this would have happened. And I've he replied back that. on his own uh, stationery that has like a letter from Mort Block, which is awesome. And <laughs> That's <so> I, cool. <laughs> it's just so fun to be a part of that community. And so... I just, but I always think about just how interesting it is that everything happened as it did. Because without the transcription account that I started in 2018, yeah, nothing absolutely. would have happened. Absolutely. And if I hadn't released the album by myself, and if I hadn't taken the time to learn about the marketing and the single pitching and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had the success to, you know, catch the attention of a record label. Yeah. And then 
you know, if Morton hadn't seen the video, if I hadn't transcribed a Benny Benaxel, if he hadn't reposted it, then the label wouldn't have seen it. And if I didn't have a project that I was just sitting on that was ready to go, like, what would I, like, I feel like the conversation probably just would have ended there. Yeah. So we, we released so, yeah, the product. It's so, it's, so, it's, it's so crazy. Cool, though. I mean, I feel like, like you always hear that saying that like success is when preparation meets luck. And I feel like yeah. that's like a perfect example of that. Like you've spent years preparing in various ways. And I'm sure in a lot of ways where you didn't even at the moment feel like it was preparing for anything specific, but like absolutely in the background, you're, this is preparation. And then this person just happens to stumble across it. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. It's so funny. And we released the project on July 9th and it did well. Congrats. And somehow they got me the covers of Spotify playlists, which is wild. It's amazing. Yeah. And the covers of Amazon and YouTube. And I think we were, we might have been a title playlist. I don't know if we got a title cover, but we got Amazon and YouTube and we got a few Spotify ones. And it was just absolutely crazy. And they got me reviews in Downbeat and Jazzwise and just, it was honestly like a dream come true so much that, you know, I applied for a grant and in Canada, we're very lucky to have granting mm -hmm. agencies yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. from the government. So I applied for a Canada Council for the Arts grant and I was funded for my next record, That's which I'm amazing. releasing with them next year. And I, I have absolutely no plans on changing record labels because I just feel so supported. And yeah. I, I don't know, it, it's one of those things you're totally, you're right about the, you know, planning and luck and hard work and mm -hmm. it all just kind of comes together to to make something good happen and now I'm I'm sort of living my dreams because of it. It's amazing. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations on the new album, too. Like, that's, that's super Thank exciting. Thank you. Uh, what was that conversation like in terms because I know you said like I mean like most independent artists you're very anti-label um what yes. what was there like a, a specific something that 
just kind of changed your perspective on what that relationship could look like? Or what was that process like? You know, I think that I had this misconception that labels would own everything. And my, my day, my, uh, my, my contract is a distribution deal. Mm. So I still own everything. I'm just essentially leasing it out. Yeah, that's cool. Um, which I like a lot. Um, and you know, it was funny the, about a week and a half before I had my meeting with the label, I was in this like sort of just industry call um, with a bunch of different artists and industry professionals talking about the business. And they were like, they asked a question. They're like, what do you think of labels? And I raised my hand. I'm like, I think that you can do it as an independent artist and you don't need a label. And then literally a week and a half later, I went into this meeting with, uh, with La Reserve and I changed my mind completely. That's but you know, so good. it's kind of, it's, it was like, oh boy, here I am. I That's seem like I just, so funny. Yep. I love it. I mean, but I, I think it's, I mean, I think that speaks volumes to your label and the people Absolutely. that run it and the relationships that they're interested in developing. I think, yeah. So I think that's nothing but praise to them, to be honest. A hundred percent. And they're so great. They're the thing that I really liked about them is that they're very artist focused. Cool. And so they're very keen on helping the artists out. One thing that I was really skeptical about was the contract. And I had, I sent it to a whole bunch of like different, like, you know, I have family members that are lawyers and I'm like, you need to help me with this. I need to make sure that I'm not signing anything away. Yeah. And then I was talking to another record label person, someone who owns a label. And he's like, label, like record deals like that, they don't exist. Like, it's probably like not true. And I'm like, well, I mean, this is what the contract says. Like, and it maybe, turns out maybe your deals don't exist. Maybe like, your deal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was really interesting. Um, but, you know, I thought, well, I mean, this seems pretty amazing. They're going to try and get me sync opportunities to like sync my music up for movies and TV, which so is really great. cool. And yeah, so that's great. not something that I know how to do myself. Mm -hmm. And they have all these connections. I kept saying, well, what kind of connections do you have? I know that I've done a lot of really good things on Spotify myself, and it doesn't really seem like I need help on the Spotify front. Like, what can you do on the other on the other aspects? And they said, well, we've been getting playlists with Amazon and Tidal and Deezer and YouTube Music and Apple Music and stuff. And we, we think that we can do that with yours. We think your project is going to be really great. We've listened to it. And they, I think, you know, I realized, you know, they're really supportive of the music and they liked the music and they said, okay, we really like this one. And they were like kind of singling out like specific songs. And I, I thought that was really interesting because I thought, you know, it seems like they actually like believe in the music and, yeah, you know, they're yeah, not, yeah. the contract is very much in favor of the artist mm -hmm. and it's very generous towards the artist, especially considering the work that they do. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, it seems like based on the people that are already on the label and the work that these guys have done, I think this seems like a really a good thing and of course i just released my record independently and you know i i got a bit of press but i didn't get a whole bunch of press and then i was seeing the uh other artists on the labels getting really cool reviews and the features and stuff yeah 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 and then i guess another a big thing is the, that there are other artists on the label that are so so interesting and that i really look up to and that are really you know like celebrities to me like in the yeah. jazz world and i thought well i mean to be associated with that that label and those artists is like that's invaluable like that is extremely important especially at this point in my career like it, it it's I think it's kind of necessary I love that so you know and I I just they are so supportive and they were just extremely extremely interested in the music itself and myself as an artist and developing me as an artist and so, I mean, now we're working on releasing the next one. And last week we had a whole meeting. They're like, okay, Katie, 
we got to figure out ways that we're going to market this different ways that we can like do social media campaigns or that we can maybe pair you up with some brands or when you're visiting New York we're going to take lots of photos and then we'll have lots of content to post on our page and they're the ones who actually got me on TikTok and they said Katie you need to be on TikTok you need to be posting all this stuff and you know just post once a day and post it at like 9 p.m and then just see what happens (laughs) and then somehow one one of my videos just went completely viral and that helped with the Spotify and so I know from my weekly meetings with these um with these people that it's just like it's very very it's a very supportive environment yeah, yeah, and yeah. uh yeah i just i'm very happy where i am and it's it's kind of interesting because they are it's more it's still independent like for i sure, for sure. i still own it it's not like i'm signed in there recording it for me and owning everything and i i don't really like that because i think artists should be in in control of all their music at all times yeah i think that's i i don't know unless i'm doing an album of standards where i would have to pay for the royalties anyways i don't want other people owning my own music you know 100 yeah i'm working with an indie publisher and that like was kind of the same situation with me where it's like hey i have the ability and resources to put this out by myself savvy enough on social media where i can market this myself and like i'll see sales and i was like so like how how will i just just kind of putting it plainly like hey how will i benefit from partnering with you that's exactly what i said they were like hey we believe you and that's how we think we we think you still should do all of those things because it will help you see success here's the stuff that we have access to that we know that you don't that's like that's exactly how it went down for me a hundred percent um and so i think there's something really cool about still because like you said it is still indie like i'm still an indie author like i'm not with like a huge publishing company but i kind of prefer it that way because i still even not not only just in terms of like like the logistical ownership of my my art but like even just like the ownership of the creative process and like they they don't tell me what to do they don't tell me what to write they don't tell me what to edit like i am in control of my work and then they're helping me just yep. get it so that I can continue to do that. And I think um, that's such an important part for any sort of, you know, publisher or label is absolutely. that, you know, they trust you as the artist, as the writer to make a very good product. And they know that based on your previous work and your personality and your work ethic, that it's going to be a, a good product. And that just puts you, gives you all the creative control. And just, I, I think that trust is one of the most important things. And I feel like maybe other labels, when they take control of what music is being put out, you kind of lose that trust and then you mm-hmm. lose some of the the artistic value of the of the projects yeah 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 or even just like the excitement of like being the artist wanting to continue to create like sometimes i feel like if you get kind of continuously put in that rut you kind of like lose the zest for what you're doing and you're like i don't really feel like doing this anymore like i'm so burned out on it but when you have a group like that like your record label who are like hey no we want to support you as an artist because we believe in you as an artist and we love your art it kind of like allows you to keep that process exciting and energetic and once you like allows you to want to continue to do it i think yes a hundred percent yeah i it, it it's just nice to be supported i think you know I feel like yeah. <laughs> independent artists we're usually our own like our sole cheerleader and yeah. you know like we gotta we're advocating for ourselves all the time so mm-hmm. then to have other people who like truly and honestly believe in the music and believe in it enough to advocate it uh, advocate for it and uh and push it to other people to listen to and encourage its growth i think that's just one of the best feelings in the world that's so cool i'm so excited for you and i'm so happy for you and i like 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 i said like i've i've absolutely fallen in love with your music i think it's i think Thank it's brilliant you. and i like i was listening to it earlier today i'll continue listening to it after oh, we chat you. Um, <laughs> Um, so what, what is, what is next on the docket for you? Like, what, do you have anything exciting coming up? What are you going to be working on next? Yeah. Um, well, my album is currently being, my next one is currently being mixed. Um, and 
well that that's a whole that's another story that's more of a horror story um but just another testament to how incredible the label was i sort of had a an unfortunate situation with one of the engineers that i was working with and just things were not going well uh, things were mm -hmm. um, over a month late and oh, wow. it was just getting extremely stressful and i had to find somebody else to complete the project but the label was so incredibly supportive on this and I feel like you know as like a young person in the industry I can always think like oh this is my fault like how did totally. I let this happen even yeah, though in this case totally. it wasn't but the label was so supportive and like Katie no this isn't your fault we're gonna fix this it's gonna be great the timeline is flexible like we mm -hmm. like we might not be able to do everything anymore but it's still gonna be just as good and you know having that support was awesome so yeah it's um, great my next album is being mixed by a really, really fantastic engineer named Singu Han, and he's out of Montreal. I, you know, I'm working on the art for it. I love to do, um, cool. like, design the art and stuff. I actually hired an artist, though, this time to make the art sort of look like a blue note cover or something like that, oh, something cool. very vintage. So it's, it's still that. kind of like my songwriting, like sort of vintage but modern at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, um, I'll, I'll be playing shows around Canada. I'm, mm. I'm actually teaching an advanced ear training course at McGill oh, that's, University that's starting awesome. in January. That's incredible. So I guess everything comes full circle. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I go from not never taking an ear training class to teaching an advanced jazz ear training class in a university. So. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. How often how often do you play live? Is that something that you like really put a priority on or do you kind of focus more on the kind of the creation beforehand? Um, I absolutely love playing live. I play yeah, yeah. live as often as I can. It's kind of interesting. Um, I live in uh, Quebec, which is mm -hmm. a French, very French dominated. It's like the, the French province. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm an Anglophone. I, I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning French. <laughs> But it's not the easiest to get gigs when oh, all you can say is bonsoir tout le monde, je suis très contente d'être ici, uh, yeah, je suis yeah. Katie George, uh, you know, and that's, you know, I have yeah, my yeah, spiel. Yeah. I know I know what to say, but if anybody wants to talk to me at the set break and they're speaking in French, <laughs> my eyes kind of gloss over or I look like a deer in headlights. I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, mon yeah. dieu, désolé. <laughs> it's not good. So, um... I, a lot of my shows are outside of the province of Quebec, La Belle Provence, and so I, that's why I go to Toronto so often is because I, I can book gigs there, no problem, and yeah, yeah, yeah. booking gigs in Calgary is no problem, or British Columbia, it's just expensive to travel across Canada, for oh sure. my goodness. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But it is something that I place a lot of value on, I am a performer, and I love performing my own repertoire, I love performing standard repertoire, but I, I have been taking a little, I mean, COVID was obviously pretty difficult. For sure, um, yeah, for for everyone yeah. yeah i i did some live streams they're okay um mm -hmm. it's not like the real it's thing not though the same yeah it's nope. not the same it's just such an energy thing like I especially agree. like with the live stream versus the live shows like when you can feel the audience there it just creates 100%. like this such a special dynamic so I, yeah, I totally understand that yeah so i mean shows were pretty pretty dead for a bit um and then of course i'm working on my masters of jazz performance degree right now oh amazing and so that's what I'm. That's why I'm in Montreal. And oh, cool, uh, cool, so cool. this last semester was a pretty difficult one. I took yeah. a very difficult seminar. Um, I still need to write a 15-page research paper for that, <laughs> um, and that's due pretty soon. So I got to get on that. Um, well, thank you for so, taking the time to connect. You no, know, absolutely, me. <laughs> absolutely. No, this is like a very, very, very welcome uh, I love it. I distraction. Love it. A very good way to it's procrastinate. So the best way to procrastinate. Actually, um, your university uh, sent me to connect with you to remind you that, hey, that paper oh, is due. You do need to yeah, work that, on that. That makes sense. That seems like something they would do. <laughs> 
That's so good. I love that. And I've I've already told you about several uh, of my like music friends. I'm like, you guys have to check this person out. Like they're so talented. Oh, thank you. Um, keep doing it. I love it. Even if for no one else, just keep releasing stuff so I have more music to listen to. Incredible. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you so much. This was awesome. And thank I'm, you so much for I'm, having me. I'm super excited to hear whatever you have coming up next. Uh, you definitely have a loyal fan in me now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was course. so great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week, and I will. I'll look forward to us connecting again soon. Me too. Yeah, awesome. sounds great. Take right. care, Katie. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Tell Me Yours. Thank you so much, Katie, for sharing that story. If you want to follow Katie, every social media platform from Instagram to TikTok to Spotify, she is simply at Katie George, and that's C-A-I-T-Y, and then George with Y's instead of E's. G-Y-O-R-G-Y. Please go look her up. Like I said, she has quickly become one of my favorite jazz artists. She's consistently in the rotation of music for me now. I've really, really loved that I found her music. I'm confident you will feel the same. Please check her out. If you want some more time with Katie, an extended chat, some more laughs, head over to patreon.com slash tellmeyours. You'll get the exclusive unedited interview with Katie. Then if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we are just at tell me yours pod please reach out to us let us know like and subscribe comment share with your friends everything helps i've really loved recording these and chatting with these incredible people and i'm super excited to continue to do that thank you so much again for listening and until next week be kind to each other and we'll talk soon Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.